We don't do that here. But the Let's get to this shit. Um, welcome, welcome, welcome to a little bit of a somber, uh, more downtrodden episode of The Ultimate Fucking Casual. Who is The Ultimate Fucking Casual, you ask? That would be me. I'm Leo. I am joined by Nathan, good buddy of mine, who does know his way around the MMA world. <sighs> Unfortunately, Chief is not with us at the moment. If he does arrive, we will... Let him know what we think of his dedication to this recording. <laughs> so, some intro bits here. No, you know what? First, Nathan, how are you doing? It's a fine Sunday. It's, uh, we're recording on September 3rd. Doing well. Doing well. So, recovering from a packed Saturday. Oof. Ready to talk some MMA. <laughs> uh, before we get into the MMA, let's get some uh, unrelated-ish tangential adjacent news um in the boxing world errol spence who got his ass beat by terence crawford if you may or may not remember has activated his rematch clause so that fight is going down um latest word on the street is that the both camps are hopeful it'll get done it'll happen before the end of the year so something to look forward to the um good yeah that's that's good news that's really good of both of them to get this done so quickly to turn it around so quickly. Canelo is fighting Jermel Charlo, Houston's favorite son, uh, at the end of the month. And the undercard was just announced um, not too long ago. So we will be breaking that down on B-Sides next week. And we'll probably highlight it a little bit as we get closer to it. And Yeah, uh... Real quick before we move on, uh, just for our UFC audience, this is like boxing's equivalent of UFC 291 as far as like top to bottom stacked cards. Very, very good card, top to bottom for Canelo Charlo. And so everybody knows, I would imagine, even like hardcore MMA non-boxing fans, they probably know who Canelo is, right? Yeah, e even I would a little imagine. Bit. Charlo... While he's not, you know, quite as heralded, he's still very accomplished in his own right. So uh, what's a good example of a very solid guy coming up, what, like two weight classes, and fighting the champion there, which is Charlo moving up Ooh. to Canelo, which is really, when you look at the size differential there, it's really surprising that it's Charlo is the one that's moving up. But he's also like a lot bigger that like taller than Canelo, so he he's filling out really well. But is there is there like a two division jump, even a one division jump? I think it would have to be one division just for the the size difference in MMA. It's a little yeah. bit bigger per division. One fifty four to one sixty eight is so a twelve pound difference. Oh yeah, a junior middle to super middle is a twelve pound. So that would be what going from welter to middle. I think so so let's see here yeah it'd be something like that um welter to middle middle to light heavy i think those are 15 pounds and all the other divisions are 10 like, right and except for the jump to heavyweight i think that's like 30. 20 pounds ah, right. or, yeah it's a big like it's that. a big jump volk going up to fight islam that's pretty close 
I was trying to figure out if we could find a similar like size difference where the guy coming up is still somehow the bigger guy. <laughs> um, which it could be even Alex Pereira coming up to fight John Jones. Like he may even be taller than John, or he at least would be way more muscular. Yeah. Jones looked a little a little soft coming into that heavyweight fight. Yeah, Alex is six four. Holy Jesus. shit. Jesus. How the hell did he cut to middleweight? That's probably drugs. That is absurd. <laughs> that is John absurd. Jones, I think Jones is six four as well. Yeah, he's six four. Man, but they would be like smaller heavyweights in the boxing world. Yeah, it's it's no joke. Um. Okay, let's move on here real quick to in the poo poo news. Like speaking of overly sized heavyweights uh fury and nganu nganu is being trained by mike tyson given nganu's i guess aptitude and mike tyson's fighting style it does seem to be like a match made in heaven as far oh, as oh yeah i mean if your if your match is like oil and water or something like that yeah. i mean i can't find i couldn't think of someone less adept at picking up tyson's fighting style and trying to implement it than nganu <laughs> Uh, it, but I think um, the Mike Tyson aggressive, like, blitz kind of style is what Nganu needs. He's, that's, that's like his only chance, really, isn't it? Like, he he's has to get in quick, get in early, and land something big, which he can. He has the cannons, but can he get in the right position? Right. He's got two, maybe three rounds to find his punch, and because he's not going to outbox Fury here. There's no way he's gonna get up to that level in that short amount of time. Yeah. So I guess that I guess that's fair, but I, I can just imagine him coming out and like peekaboo or something like that, and his head starts, <laughs> you know, <laughs> popping back and forth. Um, he comes out peekaboo, and then fucking Tyson Fury with his long gangly arms, he's just gonna punch around it. You're right. But enough of that. That's quite a bit more attention than this fight really deserves. But what does deserve, on August 26th, we had the Fight Night card in Singapore. <sighs> Sad times, but <coughs> as is tradition, let's go from the bottom up here. Uh, Blanchfield gets a UD over Tyler Santos. I didn't have any notes for this one. I either missed it or didn't have anything remarkable to point out. Nakamura Rinya gets the UD over Fernie Garcia. So my notes on this one, I had nice... Uh, they often ended up in a 69-ish uh, position. So, you know, as it, as internet people are wont to do. I saw a little 69 action. Nice. Fernie <laughs> <laughs> uh, Garcia, he slipped. And om I don't know if he got put into the armbar. I can't recall if he almost got put into the armbar or if he almost caught uh, Nakamura in an armbar after slipping and he failed up almost i think it was um nakamura though because that was pretty fucking one-sided it was pretty bad nakamura ha is uh, pretty talented it's definitely on my radar now anyway yeah the, the glimpses i saw of this fight didn't make it look close yeah and giga chikads ranked ninth defeats alex caceres ranked 15th this is one where I, anybody, who's the guy that I've been calling Eddie Gordo? 
Is somebody uh, that, that I've been calling Eddie Gordo? I take it all back. Alex Caceres is fucking Eddie Gordo. The the way he yeah, fights, that's right. The way he fights, the way he looks, it, it, he is Eddie Gordo in real life, man. He has a lot of swagger. It looked like he had a smirk on his face the whole time. I don't know if he did or didn't, but uh, yeah. He kind of yeah. He kind of fights like he's always smiling, like he's just happy to be there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks for calling me up for this fight night card in Singapore. I really appreciate it, guys. I think I've called Chikad's Gigabyte because of his hands. Really, he had really powerful hands catching Caceres often. And to his credit, Caceres has a solid chin. So that's pretty cool. I want to see more of Caceres just because he's pretty fun. He's been in a lot of good fights. Like, his style is conducive to just a lot of action yeah he has a bit of a i don't want to say reckless but he is fluid and very forthcoming with striking a bit like o'malley obviously not at that level but that's kind of, that's what he that's what he's working with for the most part is mm-hmm. a striking pressure let's see light heavyweights anthony smith ranked eighth gets a split decision over ryan span ranked 10th anthony smith's muay thai his striking was really, really good. Obviously, I think that's what won him the fight. It stood out to me the most. Damn. Yeah, this was a actually a, a really, really close one. I thought maybe just for my sake and my of my pick here, I thought Span won, but uh, I thought it was. It's arguable. I mean, it, it really a, is. It was a damn close fight. I mean, yeah. a split decision. Both guys hurt each other, and you know, you just have the one swing round where it's like almost a pick 'em. So. It's hard to argue Smith doing that, but I am glad to see Smith rebound because his last performance was like, I was falling asleep. It was, I was like, man, this is not the kind of performance you want to see out of uh, him right now. And that was much better. Uh, He was talking about being in his like (laughs) mid thirties and Mm -hmm. like a wife and kids at home and the camp life, the traveling for fights life. He's not much for it. Not that much interested in in that anymore. Mm-hmm. So, like, if he's at, yeah, if he's at the tail end of his career, definitely want to get more exciting performances to put you in higher higher spots on the card. If you want to keep getting those paydays, yeah. I mean, he de- if anyone he deserves something good to happen to him because he he should have had a win over John Jones and it was taken from him. So. How so? Or, uh, well wasn't taken from him but what happened was jones hit him with like a knee to his head while he was on the ground it was how he got disqualified oh or no it was right. a, it was a 12 to 6 elbow is what it was that's how he got disqualified in his first no contest and it should have happened to anthony smith but he took the whole five minutes to recover and said no i'll fight but uh, he could have just laid down and taken the win hmm. and he could have been heavyweight or light heavyweight champion for one fight i guess <laughs> Uh, warrior spirit, I guess. Didn't want to take it on a DQ, which is what uh, Sterling did, right? Yep. <laughs> Let's get to the main event. Man, oh man, what a ride it has been. Max Holloway, first in the featherweight division, knocks, he stops Korean zombie Jung Chansung, uh, who's ranked eighth. Zombie said at the end, like, I started fighting to be the best to be the to be a world champion i didn't start fighting to be second third fourth and i've done my best i've fought everyone i could 
and I keep coming up short and so it's, I can't I can't keep doing this this is the spot where I cue in the zombie song uh, it was a uh, that was a bit of an emotional moment for me and I'm not I haven't even seen that much of his career but he just seems like such a lovable guy yeah I I was definitely emotional for it as well like you know I've been uh, of the years I've been watching UFC I mean he's definitely been one of my fan favorites it's like oh Korean zombies on the undercard let's, let's go you know yeah there's always a little excitement when he's you know uh, on the card and it, it's it's weird for him for a guy like him he's never held the belt to be as popular as he is but like you look back at his resume he's the first guy to pull off a twister in the UFC he you know has beaten guys like you know Dustin Poirier way back several years ago He's been in so many great fights. I should have had a win over, uh, what's his name? The guy Volk just beat, Yair Rodriguez. And that's when Yair threw the elbow at like half a second left on the clock and knocked him oh, out cold. Oh, man. And just stuff like that. It's like, it's just a guy who just wants, he's not, like clearly he's skilled, but he wants to just fight and throw down. And he'll, he will throw a caution to the wind. And that's what he did against Max. Absolutely. I mean, when all the chips were down, I'm going to do something, try and make something happen. That's how he's gotten so much success in his career. But kind of just thinking, kind of can't do that against Max. Well, that's, that's what I was thinking too. It's like the fighters like him, you know, they rarely win the belt. And if they do, they don't hold on on it for long. Cause this sport is one of like, you know, you got to be thoughtful and patient and it's the intelligent fighters that rise to the top. But for him to just go out on the shield, regardless when he knows very well, what could happen it's just you know it's hard not to get emotional seeing him go out like that hmm. yeah rounds one and two he was trying to be cautious max is piecing him up anyway and yeah the, the skill difference was clear so yep fuck it what else can i do gotta gotta try uh make max think he's fighting a tornado and then he gets caught by something and max is too smart for that unfortunately for uh, mr jung here goodness ranked eighth but in those three of his last four fights he's fought, he's fought like four of the top five guys in his division lost to brian ortega beats dan Ige, and then he fights volkanovsky and holloway back to back wow i mean he really did fight the best and i mean that's hey if you get that kind of fight you know and you're not you're not winning there's no don't wait around and wait for some young contender to beat you up like tony ferguson or something like that right uh yeah he he walked away from the sport before the sport made him wheelchair away right hopefully uh watched that and kind of took some notes there like buddy about round four at the latest round four you're gonna (laughs) you're gonna be on a you're walking the plank so you're gonna have to do something so hopefully that mike tyson shit works for you probably won't but oh well this feels almost insulting. I was looking at the UFC rankings to see who would have come up and uh, challenged him, and they just moved him two spots down to tenth, even though he just retired. Yeah, that does seem that does seem like a little <laughs> like, bit wow, of a you're slap. Kick him one more time while he's down. After all he did for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Odena. Okay, so Max gets this win over the zombie. It's a big. The, the difference in the ranks is pretty big. Obviously, we were talking about before the recording that this was a... Uh, Jung was picked because he's Korean, the proximity to Singapore. That's That was the move there. 
to get uh, an Asian fighter in the headline so that to draw people in. And so Max beats number eight. Where does he go from here? Because Volk is still the champ, and they've fought, what, three times? Am I not mistaken? Yep, they fought three times, and so, Volk's won all three of them. Jesus. Like, what do you do from there? Well, I don't know how you don't give him a title shot. Um, maybe... Maybe he fights Yair Rodriguez next while Volk... I mean, I don't know. What he wants to do. Yeah, I, I imagine Volk just needs to do the UFC a solid here and just move up permanently because... I mean, if they make Volk versus Max 4, it's still, like, the best fight for that division. Like, in terms of just pure entertainment value. And, I mean, I don't expect Volk to lose, but it would be, I think, way more entertaining than watching him fight Arnold Allen or Ilya Teporia. <laughs> <laughs> Volk would beat the fucking shit out of Arnold Allen. Good, dude. But, but Allen's ranked fourth. It's I like, know. If you're, if you're, he, he, he's beaten Max three times. He's beaten Yair. He's beaten Brian Ortega. <laughs> Arnold Allen's a new name, so oftentimes, you know, that's what I tend to lean towards when a guy is like lapping the division, as you like to put it. If like Volk has lapped this bitch several times now. So, Arnold Allen is a new name. <laughs> but I, the more interesting stuff is definitely what happens when he moves up. So, that should be the thing. It, has Holloway fought uh, Yair? I don't think he has. But if he did, it's, it was several years ago. Yeah. So, if they... if uh, Several, as in two years ago. They fought in 2021 and Max won a decision. If that's the case, a rematch for the for the vacant belt could be fun uh what about ortega he's sort of fallen off a bit of a cliff lately i think he's had some bad injuries oh, um that's like he's ranked highly but i'm not sure what state he's in he's not the same guy as, as he was like three years ago yeah that's probably not the move <laughs> Yeah, it, it's Volk a mess. First, Arnold Allen. <laughs> Can you imagine the UFC trying to headline that? We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Hi there. As I sometimes do, I got a little bit in the weeds and uh, sidetracked with some boxing talk. I cut it out of here, and I'm gonna attach it at the end, like I did before. So if you want to hear it, stick around for that. <laughs> All right. I think we're. I think we've exhausted the 26th here. Holloway. Interesting to see what Volkanovski does, because Holloway's knocking on the championship door, and Holloway's already been beaten three times by the champion, so... Okay, on September 2nd, yesterday, uh, in Paris. Oh, man. Okay, so I'm gonna go from the bottom up like we always do. Tyler... Taylor Lapuli Kaolan Lohran was supposed to be on the card, but he got bumped... And so that, you know, whatever. That's off the, that went into the prelims. That was a UD for Taylor. Uh, Morgan Cherrier, KO1 over Manolo Zacchini. I noted here that Cherrier's, his reflexes were disgusting. Like Zacchini, I don't necessarily know what level he's at, uh, but Cherrier's clearly a level above that. Manolo had no success with anything. The, the kicks... The kick ending. That was pretty surprising. It's like a body shot KO in boxing. Like a, K a kick to the body stoppage. That's pretty nuts. Uh, 
that might be the first one I've seen. Yeah, those are fun fun to see because they I've seen some were like the the heel or like the was it the ball of the foot like scrapes the body and yeah. the reaction of the fighters like they had something torn out of their abdomen. Whole, this yeah. one was more straight on I think, but it's still like it's brutal to watch. Yeah, uh that's but that reaction that you described is exactly what happened. Like he Zucchini clearly was fucking really hurt by the first one and he stumbles back. I thought they were going to stop it there. But uh yeah, they didn't and then uh Charrier lands another one and Zucchini's like crumbles like a demolished building. <clears throat> and no such thing as a delayed body reaction to a, a kick. It's pretty immediate. <laughs> yeah. Uh William Gomi KO3 over Yanis Kimori. William Gomi was a late add-in. He's a French fighter, so they put him on the main card. Kaolan was supposed to be fighting Yanis, but uh, it is what it is. Now, Volkan Ozdemir ranked ninth in light heavyweight. He was supposed to fight Azmat Murzakhanov, ranked 12th, but they did. he uh, got dropped... Bogdan Guskov uh, was a very late replacement, and he got submitted in one. Guskov, to his credit, tried his best. Um, it was his first fight in the UFC, so yeah, you know, like there's levels to the game, and yeah, I don't think Bogdan. Bogdan is not Diego Lopez. Sorry, buddy. There's only one diamond in the rough, and it ain't you. All right, Benoit Saint-Denis. KO2 over Tiago Moises. This was a lightweight fight. I called this one fight of the night. It was... There was a lot of action. I have here Benoit Saint-Denis. BSD stands for Benoit Sausage Destroyer. He kicked... The first kick was very clearly low. The second one, though, I'm not so sure. Looked like that was belt one. What did you think? Did you think the second one was low? I see pieces of this fight. Which... which one are you referring to the, was it right in the first round i think the second oh yes low. yes yes it was in yeah, the first I round i did see that <clears throat> that i mean it it clipped him on his cup i think uh watching okay. in like real speed it looks fine but like i remember seeing a replay and been like ah! it might have yeah it might have clipped the cup there it's uh shades of alexander Usyk and <laughs> daniel dubois ah <laughs> uh, did Moises flop around like Usyk did? No, but he did do the whole little, like, look at the ref for help kind of thing. Yeah, that is... Oftentimes when people look to the ref, it's typically because they're really in trouble and they're looking for lifelines wherever they can get them. Mm -hmm. And uh, that apparently was the case with uh, Moises here. He was not long for this world and got stopped the next round. Um, it was still really fun while it lasted. Nutshots notwithstanding. All right. Co-main event. Manon Fioro, ranked second in flyweight, gets the UD over Rose Namayunas, who was second in strawweight and was moving up. This was her debut at flyweight. Uh, so there's a lot going on here. The first, this being the most notable, made the next bit, it, it highlighted it more which was Rose's left pinky was not 
it, it almost left her hand. It was, it's really gross. Look it up. It's gross. If you like body horror, I guess. Um, but that finger made the size difference a lot clearer because Rose could not use her, her skill to, to make herself even, I guess, to make up the difference of the size. So that was unfortunate. Um, I noticed that her right eye looked weird in the first round, like starting in the first round when she wasn't really, when uh, Furo was having a lot of success striking specifically to the head. What, I don't know, is that, did something happen that I didn't see? I don't know, because that eye looked strange. Yeah, it kind of, I guess just over the, I don't think there was a single injury that caused it, but just over the course of the fight, it got got closed up. Yeah, tagged up. Um, yeah, this was a tough one. I mean, it's hard to deal with an injury like that when you're primarily a striker. But at the same time, she didn't really seem to use her uh, kicks at all. Um, and that's one of her, I mean, she she threw some, but I mean, that's how she knocked out Zhang Weiwei as a head kick. And you didn't really see a lot of that. You think that's the, one of the first things she would go to fighting a, a much bigger yeah. opponent. Uh, and she didn't do that. And this is just a sad situation because she's got, are you aware of uh, Rose's training situation? No, but I was going to bring that up when you were finished. What's the so, situation? She is being trained by her husband. Oh, no. Yeah. That's a um, terrible idea. Yeah, and for people who are unaware, both in any any kind of combat sport, boxing or MMA, you don't let family ref your corner. Typically, you'll see father and son sort of stuff. Kenny and Sean Porter. All my homies hate Kenny Porter. Um, <laughs> uh, husband and wife combo seems... It's like... It's just a recipe for disaster. You're not going to... Well, first of all, are, are you really going to give them the advice to go out and win if it could potentially get them hurt? Right. And are you going to actually be able to stop the fight if you need to? Or, you know, allow them to go continue when they still have something to show? And it's all mess. But got a lot of flack over the last couple fights because Rose has had some baffling performances and like you'll hear him in the corner give like the worst advice like when Rose lost the belt I think she had it was like one of the worst title fights of all time neither of them were throwing any strikes and he was just telling her just to coast it's like no you're, you're up four rounds to zero just go out there and you know keep doing what you're doing and it was like you're throwing three punches around you're not winning this fight yeah so, uh, I blame him. Speaking of him giving bad advice, um, and you, what you mentioned was her kicks being her moneymaker. He specifically, after the first round, told her to not throw them. He's, Are you kidding me? He's told her, throw your hands. And she said, my finger's really messed up. And he's like, I don't give a shit about your finger. If you can get a kick, if there's an opening, go ahead. But... Your hands are what you need to be focusing on. Man, oh man. That was oh my god. That was not a that was not a good piece of advice. I didn't hear that in real time. I would have flipped I would have flipped my table if I'd heard that. Oh man. Uh, if I don't know, if they just want to coast in grappling, I think one FC does a submission grappling bracket that they could go into. Yeah, I I don't know if they expect to keep winning UFC fights with this strategy. 
<laughs> yeah, don't do what you're good at, and don't do anything else either. Just, you know, punch with a broken hand, broken finger on your hand, on your lead. Yeah, hand. just just shake it, just shake it off, man. It's just a, it's just a finger. Just get over it. This guy gives worse advice in the ring than Abel Sanchez, and that's saying something. <laughs> that is saying something. In boxing, Santa Cruz, his dad also is his, one of his main coaches. I don't know if he still is after his uh, sick. He got really sick. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he still does. But I mean, Santa Cruz was relatively successful. But nonetheless, I completely agree with the like the family situation. Like father son is already sketchy enough to me. To be coaching your wife is to, that to me is just completely stupid. It's a really brain dead decision to be her primary coach. What if you pull her early and she watch it and she's like, "I had more to more to go." How do you keep that separation with your you know your personal your marriage life versus your fighting life? Oh wait, hey wait, hold on. <laughs> we might hold on. I think I got some shit fucked up. So, what is Trevor? He's clearly not. Regardless of what he is, sir, he gives really stupid advice. I think he has made comments about... The guy, oh, he's in the corner as well. I'm sorry. Okay, so Trevor Rootman's the head coach. Pat Berry is like a secondary coach in the trainer. And Trevor Whitman was not present at, uh, he was not in Paris. Pat Berry was the one telling her, use your hands despite your broken finger. All right, so sorry, Trevor. Sorry for calling you an idiot. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, he is still an idiot. He definitely gives terrible advice, but he's not the husband. Pat Berry is, Rose yeah, that's... is in a relationship with Pat Berry for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, and he's a, he's a secondary coach in the corner of uh, uh, for like they they work together or whatever. But, yeah. <clears throat> um, well, I don't know, Rose. If you want bad advice, I could be your boyfriend too. <laughs> uh, the main event. Uh, we were talking a little bit about this before we started. Cyril gone, ranked second at heavyweight, knocks out Sergey Spivak, ranked seventh. This is the first gone fight that I've seen other than John Jones. So, coming into this, I had a pretty negative opinion, but now I see why there was a lot of speculation of if John Jones could hang at that high of a weight, that much of a size difference. Because, like, Cyril Gunn is a fucking murder. He's a body snatcher. Jesus Christ, he was fucking up Spivak's body. <clears throat> yeah, it's funny. This was the guy who we thought would we see against John Jones. Yeah. Which is a good performance, but I I'm sitting here like, okay, I saw that before you had your title shot and then you had your title shot and then now I don't. It's like, where was this? Why did why do you uh like take that fight off? Maybe his wrestling just is that terrible. Like I guess that is a, a valid option, but I mean, this was a night and day difference compared to his last outing. That was what they were talking about, and Cyril Gunn mentioned it after in the in- little interview, was 
Uh, I wasn't I wasn't ready for what John Jones brought to the table. I fucked up, so not much more I can say about it than that. I didn't have the right game plan, and he's. They mentioned also that he's brought in an Olympic judoka to help him with his wrestling, so he can. Oh, interesting. At the very least, wrestle enough to get back up on his feet. Not sure how far, how much further they're gonna take that. <clears throat> But Spivak well, is supposed to be. They were saying that Spivak is also a good, uh, good groundwork kind of guy. So that was a kind of a bit. It was a, a diet test of how good is his wrestling acumen, how good is it developing. But his striking made it to where they hardly grappled yeah. at all. He just pieced him up, and he never was able to get. He don't think he even ever got a takedown, right? Spivak had a takedown attempt, but gone. Uh, sprawled and made it pointless. Gotcha. Well, I mean, if Gon can really improve on his wrestling stuff, that's what's <clears throat> lost in both of his title shots. He lost it in Ganu off of wrestling. He lost to Jones off of wrestling. There's not a lot of guys that could beat him if he got just a little bit of takedown defense. He could very well be ruling this division in a couple years if Jones retires. Is that likely? For the way Jones is talking, it sounds like it is because he's talking about how fighting and beating Stipe would be a huge mark on his career. And he, he specifically said he didn't want to fight or doesn't think it's worth it to fight people like Tom Aspinall or uh, the other Sergey, Sergey Pavlovich, because people don't know who they are, which is like a ridiculous excuse. But that's what he said. So it, al- it almost sounds like Jones will retire after the Stipe fight. Yeah, if he feels there's not a whole lot left to do. If Gon does improve enough, I could definitely see a justification for him calling for a rematch. Just because of how quickly it went, how quickly John Jones ended the whole thing, could just, you know, he could, if he does get enough evidence of improving his, wrestle, his takedown defense, then yeah, he's got the, I would say he's got a good reason to call for the rematch, and John Jones would not have that good of a reason to reject it right i think if he uh if he gets a fight next it wouldn't be against jones assuming jones beats dc uh dc stipe so i think they would probably match him against either aspinall or pavlovich and if he beat one of those guys then i think you could try and make that rematch if yeah. jones is still around because jones in the meantime will fight the other probably aspinall actually he probably would fight pavlovich before he fought Aspinall. So then it would be a, a face-off between Gon and, and Aspinall to see who, who gets titled next. Aspinall is the guy... Is He He was in the London card not too long yeah, ago. Yeah, he, he's the Brit that like yeah. tore his knee up or something like that. So, yeah, Gon versus Aspinall, that would do some numbers. Oh, yeah, that would be a fantastic fight. The, yeah, like the French in the crowd, they were really lively. That I thought that was really cool. Hey, we could we would be reviving the France and England rivalry. Yeah, too, that's so. that's exactly why why I was thinking you know, Gone versus Aspinall would be perfect. Set up a ring in the uh, the channel instead, or uh, <laughs> it's a floating a yeah, floating, floating octagon. Uh, wait, what's the name of the landing spot on the England side? Dunkirk. Oh, I, oh, oh, we could do it on Dunkirk. Do it in Dunkirk. That would be fucking sick. That would be sick. A lot of history with that. That's real. That 
Dana, just hire me already, dog. Like, what? I'm making all the good decisions for you. Uh, <laughs> let's move to the... Before we move into prediction or previews, the prediction points. Nathan, you are falling behind. You're at 33 to Chiefs 41. Yeah, this batch of picks was yeah. not kind to me. That was quite the skid. <clears throat> but let's get into our previews. Next Saturday, September 9th, is UFC 293. It's in Sydney, Australia. Now, I have the prelims listed here, and I'm just going to skip over those. All right, so starting from the bottom up, Tyson Pedro versus Anton Turcal. Turcali. Uh, he's light. These are light heavyweights. Um, Tyson is a local boy, as is Justin Taffa versus Austin Lane. Taffa is also a local kid. Now, Manel Cap Cap Cape. Wait, he's Portuguese, so it's probably Cape. Is ranked tenth at flyweight versus Felipe dos Santos. So these are flyweights. Uh, Ty Tuivasa is ranked sixth versus Alexander Volkov, ranked eighth at heavyweight. And the main event. Israel Adesanya, the middleweight champion, fights ranked fifth Sean Strickland. I don't know that much about these guys. I think the only other than Adesanya and Strickland, who I've seen fight a few times, I think Volkov is the only other one that I've seen. Yeah, I think this is a weaker card, but I do really like the co-main event. Uh, Tied to Ivasa is the shoey guy at heavyweight. Where he, he celebrates by drinking a shoey from the crowd. <laughs> um, he's he's had a fun run, uh, but gone pieced him up pretty bad last year, and he's not fought since. So this will be his return fight from that. Volkov got submitted by Aspinall in I think his last fight. No, he he fought uh, the other Alexander at heavyweight. Yeah, and the fight before that was when, or two fights before then was when he lost to Aspinall. So this should be a good little throwdown. And Tuivas is local, so makes sense. Heavy, uh, somebody in Discord <clears throat> said like heavyweight fights hit differently. They could be shitters, and heavyweight fights are still, for some reason, they get more attention. Oh yeah, because it's it's funny because the skill level is typically lower. Yeah. So guys like you know they're just like swinging windmills in each other and there's something just inherently fun about that even if they're like failing to land or partially landing because eventually one of them hits you and you go out yeah so yeah pretty much anybody can get knocked out at heavyweight i, I guess apparently not tyson fury motherfucker but now yeah, piece of shit should stay <clears throat> down but yeah uh like michael coffee is a heavyweight boxer that i really like I'm sorry, buddy. It like he's a, on the he's in the category of like the fat tub of shit heavyweights that just swing mm -hmm. away. No, swing away. Uh, but still, uh, I love watching him fight. Love what I always cheer for him. Uh, he was in the Marine Corps like I was, so can't not cheer for him. I have to. Hell yeah. Um. Adesanya Strickland. Adesanya won his belt off a sick knockout. The Archer. He's not a style bender anymore. He's the fucking Archer. Robin Hood. Does Strickland present a lot of difficulty 
not really um he's a little tricky with his volume um he throws a lot of punches a lot of jabs and he mixes it up pretty good but he's a very upright kind of fighter so mm -hmm. you would think that he could is at <clears throat> risk of getting sniped at any moment but he is decently durable and i think i think against adesanya there's no i don't think there's a risk of him winning unless there's some freak injury but i could see him pushing israel into the later rounds or even a decision just i could see israel sitting back and trying to pick his shots and sean kind of pouring on the pressure but yeah. not landing a lot of significant strikes just over yeah trying to overwhelm him adesanya looking for that that counter but there's just too much happening right so yeah it'll i guess it's a matter of if adesanya has his um is ready to snipe through the volume which he should be i don't yeah. think there's any reason unless like he he would have to for him to lose it would have to be like some injury i think or he'd have to completely gas out in the fifth fifth round with but i mean it it would be a shocking upset if that happened. Recently, we were talking about Sterling versus O'Malley. Sterling, all of our the rationale for Sterling to lose was predicated on him being a complete fucking idiot. Uh, what <laughs> is Adesanya's complete fucking idiot strategy? Oh, I think his idiot strategy would be he wants to find the perfect shot. And so he pulls a uh, Guillermo Rigandau and doesn't throw any punches. <laughs> Until and he just gets his... a counter. Right, right. And so, like, the fifth round, he, he thinks he finally has his uh, shot, and then he misses it. And then he, like, loses 5-0 in the Strickland. After what happened with Sterling, uh, I'm not leaving, I'm not taking anything off the table. I mean, at least with the Sterling fight, he was against an opponent. This is something I thought after the fight. You know, we framed Sterling, I think rightly, as someone who would com be completely dominant on the ground. Yes. But we didn't give the same credit to Sean, where he is, like, way more dominant striking-wise than Sterling. But we figured he would just shoot immediately, and that would be that. And that's what, you know, he stood on the feet with, with Sean and got knocked out. But Strickland is not... Not the same threat that O'Malley. Yeah, was. he doesn't have he doesn't have that like it factor. Yeah, he doesn't have a certain level like a he's not like a specialty guy. Yeah. So. Whereas Adesanya is a kick like his kickboxing is his thing. Right. He is a striking specialist. Yeah. He's one of the best of them. Hmm. So yeah, I think that yeah, the dumbest thing he could do is just try to wait, wait, wait for something and then not land anything don't do that Alessania, please <clears throat> all right let us move along to the 16th the end of our preview block this is a fight night in las vegas not at the apex this is at the t-mobile arena so uh, ooh, let's go from the bottom up like we always do fernando padilla fights kyle nelson these are featherweights Daniel Zaluber fights Christos Giagos Chiagos. Lightweights Raul Rosas ter versus Terrence Mitchell at Bantamweight. Daniel Rodriguez versus Santiago Ponzinibbio. I remember that name. Uh, Did these guys, were these guys scheduled for a fight earlier this year? 
I don't think so. I know that they did fight earlier this year, though. Yeah, we've we've covered both of these fellas yes. before. Ponzinibbio, I remember because of his name, and uh, Daniel Rodriguez. I call him the face. Is he the face, or is Raul Rosas the face? I think it's Raul Rosas. Yep. yep. Posting to Discord. Yeah, no, I, I'm looking at him. <laughs> <laughs> Terrence Mitchell, I he I swear he just fought, and I he might have been uh, submitted because like his his hand got pinned behind his back, so he couldn't really defend himself. Bad break. I'm pretty sure that's... Yep, last fight was a loss. Okay. Anyway, uh, moving up. Quick turnaround here. Kevin Holland. Yeah, let's is go. back. 13th at Welter versus Jack Della Maddalena, who is ranked 14th. Uh, I, was, I would have expected this to end up on the 293 card, because uh, Maddalena is Australian. Yeah, that is... Uh... I am surprised that it's not on here. Maybe that would have been maybe they just couldn't get it together in time. I don't know. I suppose. Holland's already fighting off of what, like a three-week break or something like that. July twenty-nine. July. He fought on the 29th. Yeah, so that's like he's only been off a month. Yeah. So what? He took a few days off, and then went back to the gym. What a freaking animal! Yeah. Let's fucking get it, Kevin Holland. I doubt she's listening, but Ruby Magdalena can fuck off. Kevin Holland's going to beat his ass. The rematch, Alexa Grasso, the champion, Valentina Shevchenko, she's ranked first, is getting a chance to get her belt back. So this is kind of fortuitous. Grasso gets the September 16th date, which that's for those who don't know. September 16th is Mexican Independence Day. So, typically, that's been reserved for Mexican fighters in boxing. Um, and uh, Mayweather, being who he is, took the when he beat Oscar De La Hoya, he took the he took that date. He became the Cinco de Mayo weekend and a September sixteenth weekend fighter. And then once he retired, Canelo took over the September sixteenth date makes sense Canelo's a Mexican fighter but the the timing of the Charlo fight was such that it's obviously set uh, set for the 30th so that leaves the 16th open if I recall there's not a whole lot going on in the boxing world in this block of the 9th and 16th so for Alexa Grasso to have this date uh, to me that is just fantastic fortune for her uh, so she's headlining the only like major fight sports card on September 16th. Uh, she's a Mexican champion. You, uh, MMA is getting bigger and bigger and bigger in Mexico. This is this yeah. is the great turn of uh, turn of events for her. This is fantastic. I'm really happy for her. Yeah, it's it it's great for Mexico recently. They've been yeah. eating good because they got their first male champion with Brandon Moreno a couple years ago and now they have their first female champion in Grosso. Yep. And uh, gotta give a shout out to Brazil on this one because uh, Diego Lopez is Grosso's grappling coach. So that was part of how she won the title in the first place. So Brazil was with us. You're, I'm with you, 
Diego, man, like you and me, buddy, we're gonna we're gonna make this bitch happen. This is historic for our our podcast as well. This is the first fight. This is the first rematch that we are calling because this is like I think one of the first predictions we made. Yes, because they were on the Jones Gone card. That's right. And we we're like, nah, there's no fucking way. <laughs> yeah, Grasso's <laughs> gonna get smoked just like everyone else. Yeah, Shevchenko thought she was gonna be uh, smoking that Grasso. <laughs> Ayo. Yeah, but instead. Alexa, thank you for proving me wrong. I will never doubt you again. That must be a curse. Fighters making jokes about smoking with the other person's name. Like, Spence was supposed to be smoking on that bud. And, yeah. Uh, oof. Shevchenko didn't make the joke. I made it for her. So. <sighs> but, still. She still has She probably to made it in her heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's not smoking the pack, the Grasso pack, uh, in the octagon. She's smoking the Grasso pack in her heart. <laughs> Fantastic. That's, right. That's gonna do it, I think, for our preview block. Yep. Um, there is some other stuff coming up in our next. Pre- uh, yeah, our next preview block. That's not in the UFC. Some fun stuff coming up in uh, one. So that's kind of cool. We will get to that when we get to it. Otherwise, let's see. Is there news that I didn't miss? I do not keep up with MMA news. I'm the worst about it. Um, Other than those John Jones comments I mentioned that yeah. seemed to hint at his retirement, I think that's the only major stuff. I guess Charles's recent comments have got me excited because he was talking about going into the Islam fight, he was way more flustered than um, he had been for any other fight. But he sounds like Uh, he's mentally more ready. Which, we'll see, but I want to believe. Yeah, 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 you want to believe. Like, gone the way that he spoke, I don't think he said it outright, but he did seem to imply that, like, the weight of the moment was a lot against John Jones. So that actually, now that we're talking about this, it makes Sean O'Malley's win even more fantastic because he he said himself he was nervous as shit. I've never been this nervous before. And yeah, he he got it done. So he, he was able to perform under pressure where his contemporary elite athletes could not. So that's pretty cool. I am hoping one day to see Sean dyes hair purple. It's my favorite color. So, I doubted you, Sean, but you can um, you can still dye your hair purple. Thank you. I know you're listening. So, he's, does it count if he's had purple in like a quarter of his hair? Oh, like... a part of a configuration. Yeah. Yeah. He, he did a whole. Okay, here we go. I mean, I've got your hopes and dreams right here, actually. <laughs> in this. In the the bottom oh, right. Oh yeah, there, a little bottom tiny right. Bit of purple. Yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it as a win. All right. Well, now I need the whole hair, or at least half. We got to step it up from that quarter. Oh, so on. Um, since I have the site up, September eighth, there's a one one uh, Friday fight card. It's in Bangkok, so you know it's gonna be Friday morning for the rest of us. But still, uh, whatever. It's a it's a one fight card, so you know get some get some fights early in the morning while you're having your coffee or whatever. Okay, now let's 
we got to get out of here. Network news B-sides are primary boxing podcast. We're setting ourselves up in this same two-week configuration, two weeks preview, two weeks review. So we're going to get into that block session. That is starting next week. So we'll be alternating. You'll be alternating. When you're listening to Lux Media, you'll be when you want fight sports. You can alternate MMA boxing, MMA boxing. You you know what I'm talking about. And um, yeah, uh, tacos, hard shell tacos is coming along really well. I'm having a lot of fun doing that one. Uh, it's I mentioned being in the military that being in the military, going to the Middle East has some you know it it's a difficult experience so that's uh that's part of what we explore what i explore in hard shell taco so it's something fun to hear about i guess uh if you want to get in touch with your emotional side <laughs> I, I don't think that a whole lot of mma fans are in that in that lane but that's okay it's all right. I, I do it all. Hey, for we you. all. Hey, we all cried for Korean Zombie. We, we can show did. a little emotion sometimes. I. You know what? We're recording tacos later this evening. I'm gonna bring up crying for Korean Zombie because I did get teary eyed for sure. Just he, uh, his him being vulnerable in you know in such a packed arena said a lot, and with a lot of eyes watching him too, uh, from like TV. Yeah, I'll mention I'll, I'll mention Korean Zombie. So that will be fun that's going to be recorded later this evening so with that parting words oh let me get parting words first it's not very good yet but actually i am actually wearing a b-sides t-shirt at the moment Uh uh-oh they're they're not very good i'm always open to you know uh, suggestions or you know, if somebody actually knows how to do this shit, I would be I would love your help. Um, there's a Ultimate Fucking Casuals shirt as well. The one that's on the website luxmedia.net, it doesn't have it, but the sample that I ordered has. It says from the bottom up, you know, from the bottom up text going up the middle. I thought that was great. Uh, that's the type of shit that I think is funny. So I'm not sure if anybody else does. <laughs> So those are my parting words. Listen to fucking Lux Media Pods, man. My parting words, because Chief isn't here, are going to be fuck Tyson Fury. Fuck Tyson Fury, always. Um, how did he put it? Stay fucking Tyson Fury. Pause, <laughs> don't pause. That's up to you. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of The Ultimate Fucking Casual. We will see you on the 17th. All right, guys. Thank you all for listening. All right, see you all. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you have any questions or comments on what was discussed, or have a topic you'd like to hear on the podcast, you can leave a message on our unattended phone line at 833-589-7637. That's 833-LUX-PODS. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lvxentertainment.net. If you've listened to this point, you have my sincerest gratitude. And as promised, here is some unfiltered, unedited, uncut boxing talk where I get real dumb. And I'm going to be honest here. Okay, so my, my immediate thought, my boxing brain is thinking of when... Uh, 
Mayweather was ruling welterweight. The Pacquiao fight was like sort of quote unquote off the table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the pack I'm gonna say that Volk is Mayweather, Pacquiao is Max Holloway, and then Arnold Allen is Tim Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> He's there. I mean, they haven't fought, <laughs> but, but like that's oh. that's a really stupid fight to make. You want to hear the funniest? This is unrelated, but the funniest like proposed Mayweather fight I heard. This was at, right after he beat Canelo. I saw someone in the ESPN comment section who was like, "The only guy left for Mayweather, the guy he has to face, that's like the best fight they can make for him, is Amir Khan." Oh, man. Oh, I want to see that guy's face now. (laughs) Even at the time when that was uh, one of the alternatives to Pacquiao, one of the viable alternatives, which I use that word loosely, even then I was like, nah, I don't... I, it is possible that Mayweather will fucking knock you out, dude. <laughs> yeah, Mayweather would have gotten a late late career knockout. Yeah, he would have, which is insane. Oh, man, Amir Khan. Yeah, that's a, that could also be Arnold Allen in the Max Holloway Volk situation. <sighs> Amir Khan. Oh, man. Matt, there was Stephen A. Smith also did try the the guy that Mayweather has to face is Golovkin like that was early in uh, Golovkin's like he was new to the US scene so like fuck what Stephen A man I know your job is to incense people and it fucking works because I was like what are you thinking about Well, he just doesn't even know. Yeah. He didn't even know who Golovkin was. Well, he, he was just like, who's a good champion in a nearby weight class? We'll just grab him. And uh, <laughs> relatively <laughs> unknown uh, strongman. Yeah, that was... That's actually like my least favorite theoretical fight to make because I really like both guys. And I would yeah, like, same. I've told myself I'd never pick against Mayweather. But it's freaking Golovkin. <laughs> like, what? He's not fighting below 160, so, like, uh, I don't like yeah. that. I'm, if that were, if that ever did happen in the hypothetical world where it did, I would just be sitting there with an Alex Caceres smirk. Like, I'm just happy to be here, guys. Like, this is great. You guys have fun. <laughs> yeah.